I'll make them all see that I could be anything I want to be. If you got a dream, then you need persistence. Hey, what's going on? I'm Kyle George. And I'm Rodney Harris. And you're listening to A Different Angle. Right. It's another week. It's another week indeed, man. It is ups and downs like always. Of but how course. you feeling? Man, I feel on a scale of one to ten, I feel like I'm, I am. I'm at an eight, man. I'm excited. I, I'm, you know, life is starting to take off. Things are starting to move, um, okay. and it's exciting. It's exciting times right now in the Harris household. Um, um, good news coming all around, so you can't complain, man. I hear that. I hear that. How are you doing? How how's everything with you? Uh, things are all right. You know, life is lifing, but. You know what can what can we do? But other than push on and and not let stress get to us, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you know, let life be life, and you know, like like I said, just there's really I I know it's I'm repeating it, but honestly, that's really all it is. It's really just you know pushing on and remembering that that we have it that there's so so many people that's worse off right now and. And we're lucky to be doing what we're doing and have the opportunities that we do. And I, and that was a realization and a conversation I had today, honestly. So, so it was kind of fitting. Um, but yeah, it really just, just remember that, you know, it, you're not, number one, you're really not alone. There are people that go through similar situations and might not be the same, but you know, there people can relate to a lot of things in different ways. And, um, just remember that that you know life li- life comes at you how it does for a reason. But maturity is how you handle it, not you know who you are as a person. So yeah, we're gonna talk a lot about maturity today because we we got somebody very special in the building who's gonna be a guest on the show today. Man, I'm super excited about this. I've been waiting a long time to get him on. We've been talking about it for months. Yes, sir. I'm excited. My oh yes, my goodness, you'll see a different angle of me right now on this camera. <laughs> oh, hold on, I gotta put out of the way of my screen. <laughs> but man, I'm excited to introduce this man into the show. He is not only a very very close friend of mine, but he also is a co-host. On one of the best wrestle podcasts, no disrespect, one of the best wrestle podcasts, one of the best <laughs> wrestle radio shows of all time. You're damn I said right. One of. I said You're one damn of. right. I'm not disagreeing right. with you. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not even going and, to back you on that. And not only is he a damn good radio and a podcast host, yes, but sir. he also is a coach. He is a mentor. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to announce. That Chris DeCarlos has joined the show and joined us today to talk about the youth of today. Chris DeCarlos, how are you, brother? Gentlemen, I'm good. I'm stoked to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, I listen to the shows. When I got some downtime at work, don't tell anybody, but um, you know, so I usually get in about 20 minutes, half hour. Um, Yeah, I look forward to it every week when the uh, playback comes up, and I'm really excited to be here. Man, you guys doing a great job, by the way. Thank you. Absolutely, yeah, great job. You know, totally shifting gears. First few episodes, I get used to it because I always talk to you guys about wrestling. Right. You know, we don't talk about like some serious stuff, but um, yeah, it's it's a good listen. I enjoy it. 
appreciate it. Yeah, man, thank you. Thank you. And listen, we we started this because there was a lot of conversations that happened outside of the wrestling world with us. And we always like to talk about what's real, right? And we talk about, hey, man, we a lot of things were happening in wrestling that was a little real. And people, of course, fans being fans, they, they're going to take it to left field all the time. And not truly understand that life does happen outside of wrestling. So we decided, hey, man, let's talk about life. Let's talk about real life situations from a young perspective of young parents, uh, of young men. Uh, Let's talk about it because mental health is a serious thing. People don't take it seriously. But we need this country to step up and start taking it seriously because if 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 no one talks about it, who's going to take it seriously? Who's going who's gonna to bring it to the forefront if everybody's just sitting on their hands? So we've we seen a lot of things happen, Chris, in this, in this world as of late. But the main reason why I wanted you here is not only to talk about your background, but also to talk about the youth. You have a, your thumb literally on the youth of today, the pulse on what's going on with these young kids and how they think. Hey, we are to parent, We are All of us are parents here. You are a parent of of a, of a young man, uh, and you've been through the teenage years already. You've been through the rebellion stage already, so you know you're you're an, you're an OG. You can tell us what it was like to hey man, look, you want to expect this, this, and this, yeah, but exactly. also you can tell us from a coach and a teaching standpoint, man. Listen, this is what these kids are thinking. This is what they're talking about, and what direction to start off with your background and start off with who you are and then we'll lead into what's right. going on with the youth today. All right. Sounds good. Um, presently I'm a security guard at HM East high school and I also double as a JB football coach. Um, how I got here, let's say my son was born. So in 1999, I got my first job working with kids. It was at the Deer Park community center, Deer Park, Long Island. Um, and I strictly ran sports programs. Spent about a year and a half there, and then the budget cuts. I went to Help Suffolk, which was a shelter in Bellport. It's under the umbrella of Help USA, which was founded by our infamous former governor, Cuomo. We can get into that way other times, because that's a whole other story. But, so that job I was hired as a recreation director. Um, I knew sports was a key component to it, but I didn't realize the reach I would have and what else I got involved in with the social service uh, part of it, becoming an education liaison through BOCES, representing the kids in school um, with their hearings and stuff like that. So that opened up a lot of different doors for me, and that really started the mentoring within the sports and the program. Um, I did that for five years. Went to construction for nine to make more money. And then about 2014, I saw an opportunity at Little Flower out in Wading River. Same position. Um, you know, when you have a calling, you just have a calling. You know, and mm-hmm. same kind of deal. Um, recreation coordinator wasn't director level, but um, I shared the same responsibilities as the previous stop where I would sit in on uh, core treatment teams. And, um, you know, really help, try to help the kids in any way possible. The difference between the two places were, 
Help Suffolk obviously was um, a shelter. You had to, it was mostly single moms. Dads were there, but you had to have kids to live there. And Little Flower is a um, resident treatment center, and we had a school on campus as well. So we would have about 80 to 100 kids living there, <clears throat> excuse me, and then they would go to school during the day. So that's how I got my start. Um, and then pandemic came around, got sent home for a few months, got brought back, and then they, you know, the powers to be thought that you could teach basketball and whatnot through Zooms. And they kind of, I saw the writing on the wall, you know, and you teach, you know, you could do a dance class and whatnot on Zooms, but they wanted to do everything. They tried to downsize the, the um, department, and as luck would have it, I was coaching PAL football at the time, and one of my uh, players' dads was a principal in the district that I work in, and he offered me an opportunity, and I took it, strictly a security guard, and then get, you know, through knowing people in the school, I got offered the JV football job, so that's where I am currently, and couldn't be happier, honestly, couldn't, you know, one door closes, and four more doors open, and it was always a dream of mine, you know, I volunteered at a PAL for 11 years, starting when I was 40, um, and it was always a dream of mine to get to the next level, to get to the high school level, to see if what I was doing down at the PAL level would apply, and, you know, I, um, Happened the first, you know, successful season, went undefeated, first time in school history. Um, so that was, uh, you know, like I said, doors closed, but a lot more doors open. And I couldn't be happier right now as a spot I'm in. Um, you know, everything comes full circle. It's the district that I went to high school in. But since I've been in high school, they split the two schools. So I'm on the other side now. And I got to actually go beat the high school I played for. We put a whooping on them um, on a Friday night. So that was rewarding. But, um, yeah, uh, the coaching aspect, I never thought it was going to be where, you know, I love sports and never thought it was going to be where you can mentor kids, you know, where they would actually take what, you, what you're giving them and apply it to their lives off the court, off the field, things like that. I know I did when I was in school, you know, my um, great man was my baseball coach in high school, stuff he said back then, I'll, I'll repeat today, you know. Um, like when it comes to girls in the workplace, like don't crap where you eat, stuff like that, you know, and just the way he generally treated us every day. It was always positive. It was always, he treated you with respect and we were good, you know, so you can have both. You don't have to be that hard ass all the time to get results. My high school football coach, I just attended his 80th birthday a couple weeks ago. Got to see a bunch of the guys. Um, when he retired, he was the winningest coach in Suffolk County, uh, Coach Fred Fizarro. You know, he's since been passed, but the thing that, you know, he was very, he was like the Vince Lombardi type. Very hard-nosed, right? But if you bought into what he was saying to you and, and selling you, he took care of you, and he used to tell you this. Um, my senior year, I blew up my knee day before the first game, and when it came time to college, he's like, you know, where do you want to go? Do you want to play ball? And I said, yeah. And I said, you know, division threes. And he wrote me a letter that got me, you know, invites to, to play at four different SUNY schools. Um, and then to fast forward 10 years later, I needed a reference for that job at the community center. And without batting an eyelash, she hadn't seen me in 10 years. I went down to the office, you know, still a little nervous thinking, you're know, like that 17 year old kid, only 27. 
And he just looks at me, Christopher, whatever you need. And he gave me that reference. I was later told that that reference got me the job. And now you're talking 24 years later. Um, that allowed me to do what I'm doing now. So I have great respect for um, former coaches of mine. Uh, I did have, you know, you have a couple of bad Apple coaches that really showed me how not to do it, you know. And, you know, that all led me up to where I am now. Um, to speak, you know, I, when I was at the shelter, I worked for a great man, uh, Clarence Jones. His, his uh, son actually played on the Giants when he was uh, in the 90s. He was an offensive lineman, tackle. Clarence Jones Jr., you can look him up. But Clarence and I hit it off, and he was in his 60s. I was 30, and we just, you know, connected right away. And the one thing, you know, I was dealing with 175 kids, and the one thing he told me was, you're never going to get all of them. You know, and it's cliche. When they say you hear it's like, oh, if you can get one, You've accomplished, you're successful in this kind of setting. You don't really believe it, but when you're going through it and afterwards, you're like, he was right. And, you know, and from those times, I got two. I got two kids that I was able to um, steer the right way, mentor, and, you know, one of them is in Houston right now. He's works for the FBI. Uh, he's, a, he, he, he's a SWAT, he's on SWAT, and he works through, through the FBI. He's married, he's living a great life, and then I have this other um, young man who, I remember putting him on a bus in 2007, how to get him out of here, how to get him out of Brentwood, I put him on a bus to a family friend, he was a pastor in uh, Pennsylvania, he went on to play two years at junior college basketball, he now runs a window company, he's got two beautiful kids, a beautiful wife, um, you know, these guys are like 34 years old now, and to see that, and um, when I signed up, uh, you know, I was a late bloomer when it came to Facebook. And a couple years ago, I, you know, made um, an account and then I get messages from these dudes. You know, first thing is like, um, hey, how are you? We talk a little bit. Then, then you know, the kid Jimmy, the kid that was 34, he just said to me, I really just want to thank you um, for, for, um, for being honest, having the patience with us. He goes, I didn't always like what you said to me. He goes, but I listened, and it allowed me. He goes, because you, you, you cared. We, you know, we could, we didn't like it, but we knew you cared. And he goes, that allowed me to be where I am now. He goes, and then I get a message from Carlos. Hey, just want to say thank you for putting me on that bus that day. You know, and I remember telling him, it's not goodbye. This is, you know, um, we'll see you, see you later. You know, and we, we've talked about getting together. You know. And having like a reunion, but like that's to me is the crust of it. You know, you could see tangible, you know, you hope that what you did with these kids was the right thing. And you hope that what you told them was the right thing. And I use, you know, getting back to the sports, I always use sports to bring them in. So we were at the shelter. I would always try to run the sports as if we were in high school. If we were having a basketball event, let's get uniforms. Let's get cheerleaders. Let's get music. You know, let's bring in some of my guys adults and, and play these kids and that's you know be, that's how i always um you know because once they're engaged in the sports then they're around you three four hours a day and that's when you can really influence them and you could talk to them on a different level you know you could let your guard down a little all right you're not the director chris because i remember i used to go in with you know 
dress clothes, and then bring my bag and change it to my shorts and my cutoff and my sneakers and go out in the back and coach. So that's how I've always done it. Um, when I got the little flower, that was a little different dynamic because um, a lot of kids, you know, let's say they were the bad behavioral problems. And then we also were accepting a lot of kids with autism and special needs. So I got a whole, you know, education on that as well. Um, working with Anthony, when Anthony came on, you know, we would work together um, for what the kids needed. Um, you know, and I have one, we have, we, I say we, because Anthony and I both, uh, this young man lived in his cottage, Alex Mora, he was um, pretty much just left on his own. His parents adopted him from Russia, and then it was kind of like buyer's remorse. And I remember talking to him when he was like 16, like, listen, graduation's coming next year, what are you going to do? He had no place to live, and I, you know, I kept saying, look into the military, check out the military, and a lot of people are like, oh, you don't say that. And I'm like, it's, it's honest, and it might be what he needs. So long story short, sent him to Job Corps in the Bronx for a year. And once he completed that, he went off to uh, the Navy. And he's now currently in his uh, third year in the Navy. He's out in San Diego. He's got a beautiful baby. He's got a wife. He just got approved for a $450,000 mortgage. He's getting offers from contractors right now for when he... Um, when his term is over in a year and a half at six figure jobs, you know, um, and he was another one. We brought him in. He was a, he was a bit of like a skittish kid. You know, it took him a while and Anthony and I just, there was something about him. We just loved and we just kept, you know, kept on him, kept on him. So those are the examples, like I said, um, and you know, to go back, you know, 2001, when Clarence sat me down and said, if you reach one person. You know, I'm lucky enough, fortunate enough that I was able to reach these three. And to hear the feedback from Alex calls me all the time. He'll call me on Christmas. You know, it's very, um, it's just very heartwarming to know that you were able, you know, because listen, we don't do this for the money. I do it, you know, there's a paycheck involved. I'm not, when you, when you work in jobs like that, you're not being paid, you know, six figures so there's got to be a love in there somewhere right to get you to work every day and like i said i've always been able to do it through sports i've always been able to do it talking to kids directly not at them to them you know and giving them the real you know like hey listen um i know what you guys are going to be doing you know it, like you're 17 years old i know you guys are smoking pot i know you guys are drinking make good choices like, you can't just tell them, no, don't do that. Because you know what's going to happen. When people told us, don't do that, you went out and did it, right? That's right. You got you to be realistic with them. You got you to put yourself back when you were that age, what would you do? You know, telling kids, you know, and I just tell them straight up, like, yo, if you're having any relations with a female, make sure you wrap it up. You know, and that's like, so a lot of times that'd be the end of the conversation. Just wrap it up, okay? Or keep it in your pants. You know, it's very, you know, you're working with some social workers and educated people and they, you know, look at you cross-eyed like, oh, you can't say it like that. No, but that resonates with a kid. Instead of saying, well, Jimmy, you know, what's your intentions when going out with females? Right away, they're, they're gone. They're gone. You have to know your audience. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like my success with these kids comes from me just being real. 
I'm always just close. You know, I've always been clear, and, and I just did it to him the way things were told to me back in the day. And you know, things that I remember. And, you, you know, because I just don't feel, as an, as an adult male, right, I think, you you know, you have a responsibility, whether you have your own kids or not. You have a responsibility to pass down wisdom that was passed down to you. Otherwise, what was the, what, if somebody passed his wisdom to me, and I didn't, you know, pass that along, to the younger generation, then what good am I? You know what I'm saying? And that gentleman's wisdom and his experiences are wasted. You know, because we all have an expiration date, right? But you can pass down things that can be passed down to generation, generation, generation that will always apply. You know, make good decisions. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Work hard. You know, have goals and work hard. And good things will happen to you. It's not cliche, you know. And that's the success I've had in um, in those settings. And now, to fast forward now, now I just coach football, right? And I have a different dynamic because these kids, you know, for the most part, they come from two family homes. They they don't have a lot of it, you know. But so I'm teaching them football, but I'm still going to be mean. I'm still going to tell them like, no jackassing around. Be respectful of the girls. You know, all this kind of stuff, social media now, we got to tell kids, get off the group chat. Like, we have kids on the team, they'll have every kid on the team on the group chat. And I'll explain to them, like, guys, I don't expect you to be friends with all 50 kids, right? So, eventually, when 50 people are chiming in, you, something's going to pop off, you're not going to get along. And then we're going to have a big issue because parents get involved, school gets involved. You know, I tell people to five. Five kids on, on on your group chat, right? So those are things I navigate through now um, with coaching the boys in football. Uh, I can honestly tell you, it's so rewarding. Um, I'll give you a little story. You know, we all enjoy, I'm a competitive guy, always been. And we all enjoy, you know, competing against the other team, competing against the other coach. Um, but it's the moments. It's the little moments you share with them at practice where... You know, you walk down, you giggle, you make a joke. You know, I have one kid, Max. He likes to repeat the way I say things to people, to the kids. He knows them all. Like if I, if I got a group of kids that aren't listening, I'll go over to him. Hey, Chuckle Patch. Now, a lot of people don't remember. That's the Magic Garden from way back in the seventies. That was like after school viewing when you got home from school. But I'll say Chuckle Patch, and then to see him say it to them, it's just funny to me. Uh, but I'm like, he he's listening. You know, he may be mimicking me, you know, and he, but it's funny because he's listening, you know, and, um, we, and it's giving kids opportunities, um, watching kids grow that I had when they were younger, some of them you knew were studs and they continue to be studs. Then there's the kids that you didn't expect much out of, they get to high school and boom, they just took off. Um, so that's a, that's a neat feeling to sit there and watch that, like watch them, I'm only, like, you want to teach people things, you X's and O's and how to be, you know, how to tackle and stuff. And when you actually get to watch it play out the way you taught it, it's a beautiful feeling. And I'll just, you know, I'll leave it with this. Um, I had this one young man. We went undefeated, celebrating on the field. We get into the locker room with the attorney in their jerseys. And, you know, I went to give him a hug, and he was crying. And he's like, I just want to thank you. And, and he was, and this kid's like in the top percentile of the class in it academically. And he's like, 
he went to a different school for, uh, when he started high school. He was like, I just want to thank you for giving me an opportunity for believing in me. He goes, because when I was at the other school, I was on the B team, I was on the C team. He goes, and then I came here and you saw something in me and I started and I was a part of an undefeated team. And I just looked at him and said, no more B team, no more C team for you. You know, and I was just, if you look at the kid, he doesn't look like much, doesn't look like much in the uniform, but I saw something in him. And that moment, to me, is more important than the one we had celebrated 10 minutes earlier winning all the games. That's something that I'll, I'll take to my grave just to see the, although he was crying, the, the joy in his face and the sense of accomplishment from him and, and to go from someone telling him basically, oh, you know what, you're a C player. You don't matter. You know, and he didn't get to play and then he gets this opportunity and look what happens. Next thing you know, he's on a team that wins every game and he's going to take that for the rest of his life. So that's the rewarding stuff for me. You know, I've been, a, I've coached PLL team to win a game. But I remember every kid on the team. And when I see them now, it's always, hey, coach. And that's another thing. I love being called coach. You know, it's just a war. They see in the hallway. They see me. Hey, coach. What's up, coach? What's, it's just a sense of like, you know what? It, it, it just makes you, you know, it, I could be having a crap day. And then I'll, you know, see one of the kids. Hey, coach, what's up? Next thing you know, I just feel like a little lighter, you know, and you, you, your chest comes out a little more. It's just, it's it's a rewarding feeling. It's a rewarding, for me, you know, it, take away the winning. If you're doing it for those reasons, I just feel it's a lot more rewarding and the pay, the pay, the payback is so much better than, you know, wins and losses and all that other stuff. All right. Hey man, Chris, thank you for that background. Thank you for that synopsis. So, so now everybody knows the direction at which you're coming from because the when when you when you tell somebody a coach is coming on, they're like, "Oh man, this is a regular coach." No, you hear that extensive background and you hear the walks of life that you've been through, working in shelters, working with working with young kids that have autism and that have behavior problems. Um, you could have done that line of work. You can get hurt. You can get you can you can almost lose your life sometimes depending on the situation you know you can save someone's life depending on the situation which you which you most likely probably have well we know you god only knows where some of these kids would have been if it wasn't for you getting in their ear and talking and really having that that mentorship moment saying hey believe in yourself i believe in you go do it you know i remember playing when i played it was it was the same way when you see your coach it meant everything to you I didn't want to screw up in school because then I knew I wasn't playing on Sunday. I, oh, well, Saturday. If I, I didn't screw up, I didn't screw up at home because then I know I was going to get my, my butt whooped in practice on Wednesday. Like, so those things are in the back of your mind. It always was, man, I know my mom's going to go right to coach and she's gonna, coach is going to yell at me and now I got to relapse. And I really want to run. So let me just shut up and keep my mouth shut, eat these vegetables and just be quiet. That's just, it makes you think twice. And I always look at today's youth, and I think me and Kyle had this conversation before about discipline mm-hmm. and about the youth not being so disciplined anymore, and it's hard to discipline kids. Um, and we actually was just having this conversation with my mother-in-law yesterday about family values. I always believe that the value of the American family died when sitcoms died. Because on that tube, every Saturday, every Friday, every Sunday, we got to see the art of the American family displayed. Let it be black, white, yellow, blue, the cartoon, doesn't matter. There was a working mom, a working dad, siblings, problems, 
his problems, solve problem, lesson learned. Today, we have a lot of reality television. where, yeah. And also, we live in a very PC society where disciplining your kids is more of just ch chatting with your kids, not necessarily grabbing your kids saying, hey, stop. You have to learn how to stop. You know. You, you, oh, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, go sorry. Ahead. Um, I was going to say, it's so interesting because you two said a lot of things that I've literally had conversations about in the last two days. And, you know, the doors opening and doors closing, I literally had maybe an hour ago. So, um, you know, that part is just so true. It was just, I'm sorry. I'm just going to touch on a couple things, if y'all don't mind. Um, that, I, you know, that's just so true. You know, even... You know, we, we all know that firsthand because of the opportunities that we've had, even from the years of us knowing each other, um, even it just being this trio, you know, me being introduced to you guys and and just all the things that have changed and, you know, the way life has panned out when it comes to everything, right? Um, now, we'll say this about, about the, the parenting, right? It's so funny because that's how I speak to my daughter, right? I'm very, you know, I explain things, but that's how my mom was to me. Not that she didn't, you know, give me one when I needed one. You know what yeah, I mean? Yoke you, like, yoke you up when, when yeah, you need yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to, you know, I was trying to be PG about it a little bit. No, no, yoking, yoking, yoking somebody up. It's okay. That's all right. No, no, no. We didn't I say was she didn't put a foot in your ass. That's yeah, different. yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm pretty okay, sure need. I'm pretty sure it need be. Oh, it, it, oh, <laughs> like, it, it probably still happen. What are you talking about? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> let's be but, real. But um, excuse me. Oh, I hit the mic. Um, but uh. But the good thing is that, you know, but she did. She explained things. That's how she was with my sister. That's how my sister kind of was with me. Um, there's a significant age gap with my mom's daughter and I. Um, you know, so she's like my mom also. You know what I mean? So that's so, so understandable because, like, well, sorry, let me rephrase that. So for me, the explaining part isn't necessarily about not being that parent, you know what I mean? Or not being, not not implementing discipline. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, yes, times are different. We're in 2023, you know, uh, apparently there was a, there was a woman suing her parents talking about, I, I didn't ask to be given birth. Like, yeah. I was, I didn't ask to be yeah. here. Like, excuse me? You know what I mean? So, so. Right. So things are a little wild. Things are a little wild right now. You know what I mean? But yeah, you guys have young kids, so you guys are going to be dealing with it. A lot of the stuff I see in the school, like right. outside of right coaching. The one right. thing, the one thing I uh, you know say is like people say, "Oh, you know, kids are different," and I'm like, "No, the kids are the same. The adults are treating them differently." Absolutely, and that's the problem. Um, the adults are feeding into all this stuff, whether it's administrators in school, whether it's, um, you know, certain teachers, not all, um, you know, on the football field, we demand the same old school stuff. It's discipline. It's win with respect. It's, you know, you may not, um, be best friends with the guy next to you, but when you, when you're on the field, you guys have a, a common goal 
And I always use sports as a metaphor because, you know, it, it plays out in life. You know, you're in that huddle. We used to hold hands in the huddle. We had to hold hands, right? So that means we're one for that, for that 60 minutes, you know? And you're banging heads together, you know? So if people took those principles and applied them to everyday life, life for everybody would be a lot easier. You know, it really would. And you know what's interesting, too? It, it's, uh, yes, we are, you know, the, the parents of this day and age, the parents of, let's, let's even say, the last, you know, let's say 10 years, right? 10, 15 years. Um, things are much different now, right? So, you know, of course, you kind of have to grow with the times. Absolutely. You know, but with the discipline, you know, being a martial artist, which we've spoken about on the show also, you know, that discipline is, is instilled. You know, it doesn't get rid of the silliness. It doesn't get rid of who you are as a person. You know what I mean? Unless you let it, that's up to you, you know. But if growing up, you know, my instructor, just how you, you guys were speaking about your coaches, that's how it was with my instructors, you know. And it, it was... It was going back to them and being excited about these significant things in my life and things that's going on and going to tournaments and winning, you know, medals or winning trophies or even being able to perform in different tournaments in different states and things like that, you know, being a part of that community, you know, and he had different branches in different states, which was pretty awesome too. Cape Cod, uh, oh God, it was Oh, I'm so mad I blinked out. Of course, there's one in Long Island. Um, Kid Kyle, Long Island. <laughs> Two completely. Uh, but that, that it, I feel like when it comes to the parenting now, it's about, the, it's always been about like the kids understanding the difference, right? There's a difference between Kyle, daddy, being fun and jokey and 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 corny but silly and you know me but then there's kyle dad who she knows not to piss off you know what i mean as for me it's it's a it's literally about that one if there's anything about parenting anything like i feel like this should be the number one thing about parenting is that there has to be the difference Number one, no. Number one is there's always, you, you will make mistakes. That's number one. Yep. Number two is there needs to be a difference. Because nobody wants to be that serious parent all the time. You know, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be the angry parent all the time. You know, like, it's, 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 who, it's like, it's like just being an angry person. You know what I mean? If you, or if you hold it on to that anger or frustration for so long. Like, yes, your child might piss you off. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> what child doesn't? We pissed off our parents all the time. You know, but, but you know, it's the fact that, number one, they're not perfect. Number two, you're not perfect. Sure. And when you spoke about, you know, making a difference in these kids' lives, it, it, it reminded me of why Rodney and I decided to do this podcast or this show the way we decided to do it. Because at the end of the day, this is episode 20? 
at the end of the day, if we ended this today and one person heard anything we said in these 20 hours, then I'm okay with doing this show. Yeah, absolutely. 100 yeah. percent We didn't yeah. I mean I didn't do this just so that, oh I do a radio show. No. You're not doing it for self promotion. You're not gonna do topics like this. It helps. Yeah, I don't <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I'll be honest with you, it not even it doesn't even cross my mind to oh man, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna catapult myself to hit I'm not no, looking no, to get a I'm not looking to get a spin off talk show out of this. No. I'm I'm doing this because I feel like this is a serious situation people need to take seriously. And it's going to affect, it's affecting currently the yep. youth of today. It's affecting these parents of today, these young adults of today. People, I, I don't understand, I, like, I don't, I stress this every episode. I feel like I talk about this every episode. The importance of taking your mental health seriously. Yeah. And Chris said it best, it's not the kids. It's the people inf informing to the kids. It's the information we're giving them. They are kids. Yeah, they don't they know. They know they can they can see the forest from the trees, okay? Like they they can they they can read between the lines. They're not they're not some silly little naive kids walking around. No, no they're not. Pretty they're aware of all this crazy stuff. Oh, absolutely. They're using it to their advantage. A lot of ages, exactly. Like, <laughs> let's, and, and let's also add that this isn't just a teenage thing. This isn't just like this is of all ages. Trust me, your yeah. kids. No matter how from from one and a half to up, they know because they're exposed to way more than we were. Exactly. Um, and the problem is, though, the way you guys say, you know, to take your mental health seriously, you get into a situation that I see firsthand in the schools where oh yeah, I want you get into the, the boy who cried. Ahead. You get into the boy who cried wolf. Yeah, we'll see kids sitting in the hallway. Uh, Why you know you can't be sitting there. Oh, I have anxiety. I'm allowed, and that just turns out. No, well, you didn't feel like taking a test. Right. So they're taking the buzzwords. They're using them, and they know once they say these words to the to the, to the adults, the adults in this day and age can't question. You know, now not excusing the kids who really do suffer from severe anxiety, right? And yeah. so now it's become, you know, we're crying wolf, and there's no more gray. You know, it's all gray area now. It's no more black and white. There's no more, and they use it to their advantage. So they now it's I have mental health issues because I don't feel like doing anything, and that's now you're. T this is why, like, not everybody, every child you come across or every adult is having a mental breakdown, a mental issue, right? Now we all have them, but not now. You have kids is routinely thinking. Look at the government did. The government three years ago went out and told you to assume that you were sick, right? They went on TV and told you, assume that you are sick. Whether you have this virus or not, assume you do. And what happened? A lot of people got broken during that because they feel, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. And some people haven't recovered from it. So like you said, they're listening, the kids listen to what the adults are feeding them, and they're going to take and run if they, can, if they feel like they can get an advantage. My role... And I've always believed this, when you're exerting physical energy, you're sweating, you're, you, it's endorphins, you're, you know, you could, 
you could be having a bad day and you, you go do something physical, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's playing field hockey, whatever the sport of your choice is, that will release positive endorphins and positive energy in your body, right? And that's what my, my thing has been when it comes with these with these kids. Do something physical physical fitness. Find out what, what, what you like. It could be boxing. It could be, you know, I think we should have boxing programs in the school. People think I'm crazy. But you got kids with a lot of aggression that would, would benefit from hitting a bag. And I'm not talking like getting in the ring with each other, the boxing yeah. training. Learn the art yeah. first, right? Let's learn the art. Let's teach them the art. And then maybe when they get out of school, they can become an uh, amateur or whatnot, right? Karate. Martial arts, all sorts of martial arts. That stuff is outstanding for your um, your mental well being, right? And sound body, sound mind, right? And we're getting away from that with the kids because we don't. If you guys saw gym class now, I, Kyle, your daughter's in elementary school. Still? Yeah. So elementary school still stick to the same gym class we used to have. Well, she's in a charter. You get school, up to the high school. You get up to the high schools now. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to change. For, for gym. They could just pretend they're walking around the gym, which means more, all they're doing is st- staying on their phone. Right? They, gym classes become a joke. And I'm just like, and the schools go along with it because they, they feel like uh, they're going to get sued by the parents. It's all, it's all twofold, right? But those are major issues that we're failing with the kids. We're not encouraging the stuff that was encouraged to us, you know. Um, and a lot of times, and even when we are, there's another coaching thing I'll, I'll speak on. We played in the yard, right? You guys played in the street, right? You played stickball. You played all that good stuff. Learn how to play the sports by playing with your friends. With no adults around, no referees, no nothing. Now these kids, they go. My buddy, I was talking to him the other day, and he's, his son is a phenomenal pitcher, but he's only in eighth grade. And he's talking to me about how the, the pitching coach that he hired for his son was telling him about, his son's spin rate because he can check the spin rate on the computer. And I said, I said, really dude, I said eighth grade and we're looking at spin rate and they become so robotic, you know, they're not playing in the street anymore with each other. They're not, you know, they're not being able to figure out conflicts between each other. Right. How many times you get into it with your friend, you know, you go at it verbally, you maybe tussle around a little and then the next day at the bus stop, you're all friends. Right. Let the kids handle it themselves. I remember scrapping with one of my friends. Shout out to little Hector. He smacked me. I smacked him back. Now we're fighting in the middle of the street. His father's yelling, stop them. My dad's yelling, let my son go and let them go at it. And the reason why my father was saying, let my son go, let them have it, so we can get it out of our system. Because at the end, by tomorrow, we'll be talking like nothing ever happened. Let them get it out of their system. Don't let them sit there and get pent up anger. Now they want to fight again tomorrow. Let them fight. Get it out. We hold them to the side. Are you done? Shake hands. Walk away from each other for tonight. Tomorrow, come back like nothing ever happened. And that's how it was. Yeah. And it needs to go back to that way. It really does. I'm not like my, what I see in the schools, like my advice to you guys is pay real close attention to what's going on, how they're being handled, you know, because also going back to the, They'll, they'll have kids that label, oh, this kid has problems, and that kid will get away with 100% more than your, your daughters. Because it's easy to go after, to punish your daughters because, you know, their, their parents are going to, you know, 
go along with, okay, my daughter screwed up, blah, blah, blah. Right? They'll have the person on the other end of the phone saying, oh, not my kid, not my kid. Oh, and if my kid gets suspended, I'm silly. So you get these kids who they label with problems and they call them untouchable. And they get away with murder, to use, lack of a better term, in the schools. They run roughshod. And we have alternative schools. We have BOCES. We have night school. Nope, they're still there. And so that, that's my advice to you guys. Pay real close attention to the uh, schooling and what goes on in the schooling when it comes to your kids. Because the parents that are aloof, that aren't paying attention, you know, they're going to be left holding the bag at the end because you get you, you, something may come up in high school and you're like, I wasn't aware of this. I wasn't aware of this. And, I, you know, knowing you guys, you know, I would, uh, I'm confident that that's how you guys will approach it. But there's a lot of parents with uh, their head in the sand and they're allowing this stuff to go on. And it does go on in the schools. People sit there and say, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And, um, uh, to, just, just to, just because I was thinking about it. Wouldn't that be, like, all the time, though? Like, wasn't that wasn't that happening to us, too? You know what I mean? When we were in school, there was still... There was still it it might have been, like, different terminology that kids were using, different vernacular, but there was still a group of kids in each grade or each school that were... Like, it, they might have not... Like where the parents might have not like thought about suing, but there was still like those like group of kids. You know what I'm it, saying? Like, I feel like that's still that's prevalent no matter when. That might have been where you like the whole suing school. Like when I went to school, that was unheard of. It was unheard no, of. No, us too. Yeah. The, no, no, but I want to. I want to. I want to jump in because there is a generation. This is the reway generational gap here, and. Obviously, you, know, you graduate. You graduated before me, years before. Sure, yeah, yeah, Chris graduated but, years before you. I grad. I was the last one to graduate out of all of you. Uh, yeah, so to this point, it's so funny because you're saying there was a group. I'm saying there was like one or two. It was always one or two of that kid that always got away with murder because he had certain problems and issues going on. When you talk to him, you know there was nothing wrong with him, but. Right. And I knew there was nothing wrong with with, with Timmy, right. and everybody else said, "But you know, Timmy's going through a lot. Timmy's got a lot going." Well, now on. there's a lot of Timmys, and, but now Chris is saying there's a there's a whole classroom full of Timmys. They choke up in class. They'll choke <laughs> up in the math class now. Say what? Why are you in the bathroom? Right in the middle of math class, right? Me and this kid, he gets caught token up in math class. When they grab them, right away he says, I have a, I have a weed problem. W once he says that, he knows he can't get in trouble because he's admitting that he has a substance problem. Yeah. If he said it like that, yes. <laughs> and, no way. Yeah. They don't even, these kids don't even think twice now. Like, we, you expect them to be caught in the bathroom, right? You expect them to go outside. Right. Right, right in front of the teacher. Right in front of the class. Right in the class. Because, the, you know, the vape pen is so easy to break. But that's like, uh, well, that's the same, like, kids on, or just people on the train, like, in the MTA doing it, yeah. or, you know, in. in Port Authority or Grand Central or it's just so brazen. 
and but people don't realize that making it legal doesn't mean you can legitimately smoke anywhere. That's not what it is. No, making it legal. Means, yes, you are able to smoke. Uh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm blanking out. Uh, for recreation, purposes. in your backyard. Yeah, right. And you can still do it in the street. That's fine. We're just, just yeah, smoke <laughs> we walk through the city just smoke weed all the time. Yeah. You all the time. If, if it was legal or not. But yeah, it was regardless. <laughs> it didn't matter. But it's you can't you can't have up to a certain amount. Yep. Okay. And and literally just don't be disrespectful with it. It's just like smoking cigarettes. Well that's what you just said disrespectful. And like, that's the problem is is that is exactly that. Disrespect. People people and I blame and and me personally. I blame the uh, the uh, lockdown because of it. Yeah, because it's it, for some something about it changed, like chemicals or something like that. But this is why mental health is so. I don't want that. Wow, I'm I'm on that and with you. That, yeah, but that's a whole another story. That's for another me. whole story. <laughs> but. Listen, and I am personally glad that 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds aren't getting thrown in jail because they have a joint. You know, that's never should have been. But like you just said, you have to have respect to when you're doing things. You know, you, you should not be brown bagging it, right, walking down the street. That's why you put it in a brown bag, right? And But they're not applying that anymore because they're not afraid of anything. You know, that's another thing. Like, I was afraid of my mother. Right? You got, I was afraid of my mother. My mother, t you know, if my mother had to speak to me twice, you know, if I got a phone call home from the school, the one other thing she told me, don't ever let a girl's mother knock on my door about you. Right? I was done. Done. So, these kids are not afraid anymore. They're just not. They're not afraid of adults. That's another thing. Lack of respect. Adults in general. But doesn't it go for a circle? Doesn't it go back to that second rule that I said that should be applied to that handbook? Because... People need to let their children know that there is a difference. Yeah. There's a difference between laughing and joking and hugging and whatever and serious. There's a difference. And, and it needs to truly be applied. It doesn't need to be, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not... Uh, Mixed, uh, God, excuse me, I, I'm like blanking out right now. It, it doesn't need to be like conscrewed, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, it needs to be cut and clear that listen, you do get two sides of me, or you might get different sides, you know what I mean? But the two main, the two things that need to be understood is that yes. I'm here for you, and I got your back no matter what. And we can laugh, and we can joke, and you can come, and you can talk to me. But you need to understand that when it's time to get serious, and we need to, you know, either have that talk or do whatever we got to do, it needs to happen. And you need to understand that there is no joking, there is no playing at that point. I told you, I, I told you, plenty of times, Kyle. I got the talk from when I was. 13 years old, all the way till I was 18. I got to talk for my father every Friday. Every Friday night, he'll crack a cold one, sit down, Rodney, time to have that conversation. Every time he talked about it, it would be explained to me differently. It got funnier and funnier as years went on. 
it was but but I understood it every time. Yeah. Then it eventually became a group thing. My friends would come upstairs and just get to talk because maybe their father wasn't giving them a talk. But guess mm-hmm. what? My dad was going my dad they I'm your father for this hour real quick. I'm gonna tell you what to do. Because since your daddy ain't gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you. Because that's how it was. You're hanging out with my son. I'm going to instill the same principles in you that I still instill in him because I know he's going to think twice before doing something stupid. And, so, yeah. And, and we always sit down on the floor laughing at my dad. And he, and, and you know, but the thing is, those principles, and we talk about values, we talk about principles, it's missing, man. It's missing. It's missing. And it's missing from the household as a whole. It, it's It's not being practiced as much and pushed as it should be. Um, I mean, and I know there's a lot of single households. I get it. Yeah. I know there's a lot of situations going on, and I get, I get it, man. I, I understand, but I do feel like we should make that a more of a focal point now, more than ever. Yeah. Um, and I think we need to put it, uh, push it a little bit to the top of the deck. It got it, lost it, in the shuffle a little bit, and it's got lost. Go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. No, I mean, like you need to. People need to get back to the old school values, like you said. Sit down, eat dinner together. Right, yeah, everyone's busy. Come on, but at least spend a half hour together, right? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of single moms out there, single dads killing, right? And but the, there they are. There's a That's lot, them. right? Um, if you go back they, to the, you know, if you go back to the sports aspect of it, we grew up. There was cuts, right? You had to try out for teams. Now, you pay, you're on the team. That's how it goes. These club sports, right? Even down to AAU, you mean you pay and you're on the team and you play. You know, that the school I'm at now, we can't cut people. You know, we try to weed them out based on, you know, like we give them the rope and it, you know, we have a court system. So if you're doing this this much, you're not playing football. Sorry. You're just not doing it. Last year, though, we were told you can't apply that because they're coming off of COVID and they all felt bad for them. So we handle it ourselves by, all right, you're not playing. You know, you could put the jersey on and stand on the sideline, but you're not playing. And it, the discipline, the the hard work, the earning stuff is gone. You have like 14-year-old kids that tell you, I have to show you respect. Respect is earned. And this is what they'll tell you. And it's like, uh, no. No. No, it's the other way around. You know? And <laughs> I think I, I think I, I think at the end of the day, it's it's a mix of two things. I definitely agree with with the values. Um, I think people should remember, you know, what they've had to see where they are, whether it's good or bad. <clears throat> Excuse me, I just realized how t- how long I was speaking. Um, but I think the other thing people need to instill is empathy. I think that's the other thing that that really needs to be more that needs to be shared more. Um, without, without empathy, I don't really think you're able to be able to, to truly understand or, or try or attempt to grasp what other people might be going through. So empathy really needs to be something, something. Yeah, you have to, and some self-awareness and some filters, like you have, like, I don't know, I was brought, like, you knew if you said something to a certain kid, it's going to hurt his feelings. So you didn't say it, right? Now, with the, with the social media and the keyboard warriors, and they'll just say anything now. I can say whatever I want, right? And 
you, there is no empathy. There's no con uh, consideration for other people. And listen, none of us are perfect. We all said stupid shit when we were younger. And then, but at least you were able to go home and be like, you know what? That was stupid. Shouldn't have said that. So you them up. Maybe go apologize the next day. Get an apology from some of these young, these young kids. It, they, I always tell them, stop being Jackie Childs, right? You know, you tell them, like, listen, you guys, just, it's, it's simple with me. I don't need to get into it that much with you. Like, just go back to class. Do me a favor, go back to class, right? And then they got to give you the whole whirlwind of why they're not in class. And I'm like, I didn't ask you guys to lawyer up. Just go back to class. And they go on because they can never be wrong. They go on and on and on. Just say, you know what? My bad. I'm going back. I expect high school kids to get ants in their pants and not want to sit in class. It's, it's, we expect that because we, we were high school kids. But stop with the lawyering up. It doesn't need to, we're not going to the grand jury. Just go back to class. And that's no kids, and that's a crappy thing to say. <laughs> but man, so many excuses we made, right? <laughs> no, listen. Uh, oh, but yeah, we all had the excuses. We all had excuses, but we never told. We never told. Um, I, I never told the teacher that. Um, I never invited nobody to my privates or did anything to them. No, to don't get my homework. That was the big excuse. No, I don't mean. get no no, nah, I never told nobody. I didn't ever tell the teacher. Maybe not that individually, <laughs> but I never told the teacher. Like, 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 but you know what? You did it while they were looking. Now these kids will walk up to you blatantly and just... No, that's true. Right in your face. They don't care. Like, what? Well, look. There's no fear. No fear. Well, I would tell you this. Just to have the... Just to, I feel like we're hopping on the kids a lot just to wrap up. I'm going to say this. Parents, when your child comes to you and tells you, Mom, Daddy, I, I got to talk to you. I got something going on. I think you should listen. Yeah, for sure. It would alleviate some of the social media. There's no, yeah, listen, man. Social media. You're allowed. You guys are paying for it, right? No, yeah. no. Check it. No, you have to. There's nothing wrong with it. You're not, you're, not, you're not intruding. They live in your house, and you have a right to know. The same way you would have a right to know who's in their room. You know what I'm saying? Like, who they're you're, right. you're right. Absolutely. We do got to wrap. Chris, I, thank you so much. Oh, man. Guys, I, I you man. We can I go totally enjoy it. We should just I know, man. Right we gotta right we gotta yeah. do part two. the next two weeks. Just I can do whatever week. you guys need. Next week, let's do, let's run it back. Let's run it back. I'm happy to be here. It's more to dive into. It goes deep. All right, uh, I'm gonna drop my social so you guys can find me. You guys can find me on Twitter at Rod Rod Banks and go to Instagram at uh, Rod underscore Rod underscore Banks. I look at you being a pro. <laughs> yeah, hey, Thank Kyle. You. Blast. Nah, Chris, where can <laughs> they find you, buddy? Yeah. You can find me on Facebook. You can see all my exactly. coaching pictures. You can see all that good stuff. Chris DeCarlos. Gotcha, buddy. Kyle, where yep. they can find you, brother? You already know. I'm at Mr. Marvel on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow 88 Pod, which is us, a different angle. You can follow us, 88 Pod 2023, both on Instagram and Twitter. We will be updating it more soon, I promise. Also, you can DM us on any of those, or you can send an email to 88 Pod 2023 at gmail.com. Remember to always stay positive. 
ride, hit them with it. If you're looking for a different angle, we're the guys to give it to you. This has been a different angle, guys. We love you. Great episode. Peace. Peace. Thanks, guys. I just want to be me. I don't fake that. I just want to be free. Yeah, chase that. I got a new obsession. It's helping and teaching and giving everyone a lesson. It's living and winning and building something that's impressive. I don't want to do the same thing. I want to be progressive. Got a lot of dreams that I want to come true. Got a lot of things that I want to do. Got a lot of goals that I want to prove. And there's not a lot of time, so I got to make moves.